The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Focusing on anthology horror, starting with Tales from the Crypt. Hi, I'm your least favorite camp counselor, Tish Delano. And I'm the other one, Lauren Jewell. Woo woo woo! We're back! We're back! We're back! We're back! We're back? We are in a very well lit room. So well lit. The lighting is just like erasing all my pores. I love it. It's true. I can see myself over there and I'm like, oh, that's what I look like. I can see. <laughs> we're good. We're good. I just had some hand movement, like some violent hand movements. Otherwise, we're fine. <laughs> Hi, campers. Hi. We are trying something new for season three. All of my research showed that video podcasts, which are podcasts that either are straight up video or regular podcasts that also include video, tend to do better than regular podcasts. So since I'm a video editor, I was like, you know what? Let's try this out. Let's try this. We're gonna we're giving this a go for season three. And as long as you don't look on the floor and see all of the cords running everywhere, <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, is this like you know when they show uh, when spies are breaking into like a museum and there's those like crisscrossing yes! lasers? That's what it's like, but with cords. <laughs> One wrong move and a camera is going to topple over because everything is plugged in. We spent way too long setting this up. I want to say it was at least thirty minutes of just this. Yeah, of me going like. Nope. That's not a flattering camera angle. Hold on. One syllable. Yes. Yes. We've got three cameras going. So also it meant we got all dolled up. Yes. We are humans. Yes. I straightened my hair. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Usually it's up. I put on my rock bottom video t-shirt. Very nice. Thank you, Brian. Thought about putting in my contacts and then just ran out of steam. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to put on your like put your contacts in when your glasses match your hair. That is true. That is very true. Mm-hmm. A little matchy-matchy coordinated. Love it, love it. And then there are Camp Counselor Tish's headphones. Yeah, okay, so for those of you listening and not watching, you're going to have to head over to our YouTube channel, Camp Crate Podcast, <laughs> to catch a glimpse of my glorious headphones. So I was, I had to go to Ulta. I did not take my ADHD meds before I left the house. Oh, that's dangerous. Which, yeah. At an Ulta? Yeah. Ma'am. Here's the thing, but I pre-ordered, so I thought I was safe. But oh. then the problem is the lady and I started talking about makeup, because spoiler alert, I love makeup. Makes me feel human. It's an extension of my artistry, whatever. And we started talking about, she's like, you know, we got Fenty Beauty. And I was like, oh. 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 Okay. Oh. And then she's like, an hourglass. I was like, oh. And I was like, um, I heard a rumor that you guys might be getting Charlotte Tilbury. And she went, <clears throat> that's a rumor at this point? And she just looked around and was like, Oh my god. I was just like, you should go take a look. I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna go take a quick look. I did not, but I did not buy anything expensive. I went and bought two um, CBD face masks, which mm. Steven and I did this this morning. Oh, you and Steven did a face mask together? Yeah. Like once a month, he'll, he's probably gonna kill me for putting this in there. But yeah, once a month, he'll, he'll do a sheet mask with me. And so yeah. Comfortable <laughs> his masculinity. And that's what I appreciate about him. Um, but then next door to that Ulta is a five below. Oh, okay. I know exactly which mm-hmm. Ulta you went to. And now. I was like, ooh, um, um, I'm just going to stop in because mm-hmm. I've seen 
a ton of stuff on TikTok lately. I was like, I'm just gonna walk in, do a quick perusal. Spent $20 I shouldn't have. These are Squishmallow headphones. Uh-huh. So fun fact about me, I'm a horrible insomniac. So sometimes to help myself sleep, I like to listen to music or people with soothing voices talking, sometimes podcasts, whatever. But sleeping, I can't sleep in earbuds because my ear holes are too small. Regular headphones move and pinch my ears. So I got these. They're like little pillows for your ears. And they have cats. They are very cute. They have cats. However, yeah. I don't know which camera to look at for yeah. this. So we're going to start here. Yeah. Campers. Campers. <laughs> I want you all to know, is Camp Counselor Tish wearing very cute headphones? Yes. Are they plugged into anything? No. <laughs> She's literally just wearing them. I wanted to look professional for you guys, okay? You know who you remind me of? One of the Chanel's from Scream Queens. Oh my god, yes. Oh, oh, my favorite What's one. her face? What's her face? Um, uh, uh, Princess Leia's daughter. Carrie Fisher's daughter. I can't yes. remember her name, but yes, she wears the, yeah. Ooh, now I love these extra. But now yeah. you know what you're going to be for Halloween. Yes. So these were five bucks, though. If there's any campers out there who love Squishmallows, they had unicorns, they had cats, they had all kinds of things. Yeah, they were five bucks. I bought <laughs> this, a pack of pens, and um, I do love another thing I found off of TikTok. It happens. It's a, it's a mount for your tripod that you put your phone in that it locks into your phone's camera, which has like... Like, you know, a face tracker. Oh. And so it moves. It goes 360 so it'll follow you so you don't have to have somebody working your tripod for you. Okay, I do like that. So I justified it to myself. It was only 10 bucks, but I was like, I need this so I can experiment with it so I can let my students know if this is a good deal or not. There you go. I feel like you should uh, use that as a write-off if that's possible. Right? Um, I bought this for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That would be great if I hadn't already lost the receipt, but yeah, that's that's shopping when you're ADHD. I also left (laughs) one of my bags there. It was the the Ulta's bag, was it? No, it was the five below bag. I left it at the register, got all the way to like the Target and realized I had to go all the way through that horrible traffic all the way back. And it was like, I left my bag. No. (laughs) It was supposed to be like a half hour in, out, back home trip. Not Turn, so much. Yeah, no, not so much. Not I was gone so for two much. hours. It's fine. All right. So are we ready to get into the actual episode? No, because mm-hmm. I have things to give you. You have things to give me? Yeah. So we really, really wanted stickers. I mean, we want to do like a lot of merch, but mm-hmm. you know, Sticker Mule had a sale for samples. So da 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 presenting. <gasps> hey, look at the little baby stickers. They're so cute. They're so precious. maybe it's bad i need to record ourselves right all right i feel like we have so much to talk about still so what's next on your list bulletin board there's some postings on the bulletin board campers so announcements and reminders if you didn't listen to the previous episode if you're like me and you've already forgotten everything we talked about in the previous episode (laughs) these are events and places where you can see us or things like that Feaster Sunday is screening at Motor City Legacies it is screening on the Saturday so that's March 19th woo yes I will be there some point in time that day I know that Brian Papandrea will be there he's got a rock on a video table his beautiful wife Sadie will be there. She's guesting on our next episode. Yes, we should probably message her about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on my that's on my to-do list. Yep. So that'll be screening that evening. We have the event at Flint Horror Collective on the April 2nd. Yes, so we are going to be in Flint, Michigan at the Flint Farmers Market on Saturday, April 2nd for April Ghoul's Day. Ooh, yes. Very exciting. Very exciting. Then April 15th and 16th, we are going to be in Indianapolis 
for Squared Circle Expo. We'll both be working. It's a wrestling convention. If you're into that sort of thing, you're in the area, interested, come check it out. You might see us there running around like chickens with their head cut off. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Can't wait. Right. More excitedly, yes. April 30th. Tell us all about it. Yes, we are going to be going to the big sleepaway camp event with Felissa and Catherine. And it's at a very fancy place in Rochester, Minnesota. And that is Saturday, April 30th. And tickets are on sale now. If you're a big Sleepaway Camp fan, come meet Felissa and Catherine, and we'll be hosting the Q&A. Yay! So excited. And I have, I might have some more information. Yes. There might be snacks. Yes. There might be snacks, campers. Snacks. And then I will be going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin on Friday, May 13th for Friday the 13th. Dish Delish will be performing with Grindhouse Teas. Very excited that they're finally coming back after a two-year hiatus thanks to the Panini. So yeah, lots of announcements. Can you tell we've been trapped in the house for two years? (laughs) Like so many things. I'm just so excited to leave the house for something other than work. And then other notice on the bulletin board, got a little content warning for you campers, because I definitely could have used this content warning. So this episode definitely features stalking, SA, and I mean the full spectrum of SA from drugging, domestic violence, and general creepy incel behavior. So just a heads up if that's something that you're feeling sensitive to, like I said, I'm feeling a little sensitive right now, but that's because some dude decided to get creepy with me in a dark parking lot. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. I'm okay. <laughs> but it was really, like, terrifying and traumatic. And I'm just happy that I came away, like, untouched. Yeah. <laughs> so, just warning for you. But, Cam Counselor Lauren. Cam Counselor Tish. Are you ready to go creeping through that crit? Oh my god, it's been like forever! <laughs> yes, I am. Yay. I'm also watching Lego and um, trying to make sure she's not doing something stupid. Right. Oh. I, I get, I get, I've got the camera feed here. I'm keeping her in the cameras. <laughs> like, oh, she just found leftover catnip, also in the same area where most of the cords are. Awesome. May I interest you in a creeperosity? Yes, you may. All right. This creeperosity comes from the Atlantic.com. Hollywood Studios release about 150 movies per year. And all things being equal, an unproduced screenplay has a 0.3% chance of being made into a feature film by a studio. Also, this article is from 2011, but the numbers sound right, and I'm going to go with it. Sounds about right. So in conclusion, good luck, screenwriters. Yeah, I um, I, I have to have that conversation with my students a lot, especially the ones that are like... Um, when I'm done with this program, I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to be a big time, like, movie maker. I'm like, how about you start small as an intern? That's the way to do it. Listen here, children's. (laughs) Take my hand, babies, and let me tell you hard (laughs) truths. (laughs) Sounds about right. This is season three, episode one, Loved to Death. And this is your synopsis. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is based off of the 25th issue of the Tales from the Crypt comic. I'm actually very proud of this synopsis, and I will probably be taking a screenshot and posting it on the social media in like a week and a half or whenever Mm -hmm. this comes out. Exterior. Creepy apartment building. Daytime. Edward sits at his computer, furiously typing away and working on his screenplay and gets lost in a fantasy. Edward meets Miranda and is instantly smitten with her. Edward goes to the apartment manager, Mr. Stronum, for his magic touch. Cut to shenanigans ensuing and everybody getting what they deserve. 
Woo! So this episode starts with the Crypt Keeper playing Cupid. But the love bug has not bit him yet. No, but he does say some pretty um great puns, and I think it's how your online dating profile should start. Uh-huh. Dying for a date, aching for a prick of passion. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go to the episode, which starts with someone typing a script on a very ancient Mac computer. Oh, God. Yes. It quickly transforms to the words written on it to a kitchen, and there is a vintage housewife cooking, and the husband comes home, and it's hella cheesy, and you know what? Hey, honey, he got a raise. Right. Can we also note that it said interior Honeymoon kitchen? What is a honeymoon kitchen? I am intrigued, and I would like to know. If it exists, I'm pretty sure a man invented it. Yes. (laughs) Sounds legit. Yes. So when he comes in... The dog, which I thought deserved more screen time, Mm -hmm. greets him, and he asks if the dog missed him, and the housewife goes, woof. I swear to God, we should just start counting how many times I wrote it so much in my notes of barf. So apparently, because he got the raise, they can get a nice RV. Which is so arousing that the wife throws her glass to the side and declares she needs him right now. And she's got, like, this lacy black teddy with thigh highs, and mm-hmm. she throws this dude into the counter and starts ripping his clothes off. And this, this is also how, you know, like, campers, if it wasn't obvious that the screenplay that we're watching here was written by a man, this part should really sell it. When she gets to his pants and is unzipping and, you know, the penis is there, mm-hmm. she says, it's like it's talking to me. Which reminds me. Have you seen Pam and Tommy yet on Hulu? No, I I don't think I actually want to watch that because Uh, I feel bad about her story. Yes. I I only watched the first two episodes and then I found out the whole thing, like Pam didn't consent or anything. Mm -hmm. But um, so then I don't feel bad about getting the spoiler. Skip had like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this, campers. (laughs) There's a moment where Tommy, he's taking some sort of drug and his penis is talking to him. Oh my God. And there's actually a credit on IMDb for the voice of Tommy Lee's penis. Okay, I think I remember hearing about that online, and I was just like, more reasons why I don't think I want to watch this. I, after that moment, I was just like, I'm good. I'm good. Do you see the penis? You do. Yeah, you see. FX is wild, because that's what it's on, right? It's Hulu. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Damn, Hulu. So, yeah, Hulu is showing it all, and it's like, I mean, if that really were Sebastian Stan's penis, I probably wouldn't have minded, but, you know. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it's prosthetic, so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Cut to reality. Oof, rough. Yeah. The writer is Edward Foster. And thank God he deletes that cheesy porno line out of frustration. Yeah, it started so wholesome that it ended up into the porn territories. And to clear his mind, he gets up, goes to get a drink of water from the kitchen, but the faucet doesn't work. It happens in the apartment. And that place doesn't look the most well-kept, but I guess we'll get there. As he's on his way out after the water doesn't work, he passes by a poster of It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, which he apparently likes talking to Jimmy. Jimmy Stewart. And this is important because 
things happen to this poster. Yes. 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 On his way to mention to the apartment manager that there's an issue with the sink, he has a handful of dirty clothes so he can go down to the laundry room at this apartment building. And one of the things I notice about the apartment manager's office is that it's missing the A. So it's mangers or mangers or, you know, like me angry, anger. I don't know. I was just really annoyed that it's missing a letter, but whatever. So the apartment manager has like this video doorbell system, which means he's the OG. Yeah. He's the first person to have the doorbell thingy. I forget what it's called. I should have wrote it down. Ring. 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 Yes. <laughs> I... I noted, I was like, that's a pretty sweet hermit setup to avoid actually having to deal with people, but still, like, you're raking in that bank from being a landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, when he gets there, the landlord says, yeah, I'm aware. And much like my old landlord, <laughs> when Edward tries to ask, when is it going to be fixed, the landlord just stops responding. Sounds about right. So cue another neighbor showing up from this building. It's a little old lady named Mrs. Parker, and she mentions that she's lived here for a long time, and she's never seen the manager herself. But if you're late on the rent, whoo boy. They are quick to evict. Sounds right as well. (laughs) And then she gets inappropriate by commenting on his choice of underwear. Boxer shorts in this town will get you exactly nowhere. And then she goes on a rant about what she thinks that he's doing here, accusing him of being one of those actor types. But oh no no, not our Edward. Edward tells her that he's a screenwriter and that he quit his job and moved up here to persuade it and he's got about $5,000 saved up and she says, oh her third husband was a screenwriter and I was really disappointed he didn't follow up with how many husbands have you had (laughs) and she was gonna say two and then just like that but that didn't happen campers that didn't happen didn't happen uh yeah i too noted i was hoping something would come out of this third husband thing so i was like wait a minute third but nothing ever comes out of that unfortunately the old lady makes a comment about how he's probably writing screenplays that are gratuitous and naughty and Edward says no they're wholesome something to bring the whole family to too bad. Yeah, because that ain't gonna sell. Nope. So then we get down to the laundry room, and he spots another neighbor. It's Miranda. And uh, she is quite the pleasant lady, huh? <laughs> what a treat. Yeah, she's on the phone, um, and she has one of the earliest generations of cell phones, so it's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's on the phone with a guy named Walter, and she is reaming him out, while also simultaneously asking him for a favor. Yeah, I think Walter was trying to ask her on a date and she was just like, no, 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 no. And then she wanted to meet some producer or director or whatever. Mm. And it, mm, no, no. And this is when Ed, because I decided I was not going to keep writing Edward, suddenly realizes she's the girl from his fantasies. Because he imagines her with blonde hair and gasps. It's her. She's perfect. She's the actress he's been dreaming of. And then she starts taking off her shirt. Yeah, she doesn't hear Edward for a while, and then her shirt's off, her bra's off, you get to see some boobies, and Edward is definitely drooling, and he quickly hides behind these boxes, but she hears something, and then just, you know, casually throws a shirt back on. So she tells Walter, the guy she's on the phone with, that either he does what she says, or he's 
dead meat. And then she puts her shirt back on when because she can hear something going on. And it's really just Edward lurking in the shadows like a <laughs> creep. And she storms out of the laundry room. Mm-hmm. To make matters worse with Edward, again, he's a fucking creep, everybody. He goes up to the apartment manager to see if he can get the scoop on the neighbor and how the manager tells him exactly which apartment she lives in is an issue. But here's my other thing. Apparently, they live on the same floor, mm-hmm. basically right across, like, the hallway from each other. Why the fuck hasn't he noticed her before? Oh, that's easy because he's a writer. They don't <laughs> They don't leave. Like, they, they hole up until they absolutely have to leave because if they leave, they'll break the, even if they're not writing anything, it'll break the spell and, like, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a thing that writers do and, and unfortunately, it's... editors. <laughs> I, as a podcast editor, yes, as a you do all of the things editor, yes. And then there's your brother, the writer. In yes. fancy-ass house that he yep. just got. <laughs> yes, and uh, yes, he is indeed a hermit. He does not leave the house if he does not have to. I hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> uh, I'd like to point out that the landlord ends his little giving Edward all of her personal information. Uh, he says, happy hunting, kid. Mm, no. Ugh, barf, 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 barf. Cringe. No. No, thank you. And why does he hit? He has like a bell, like a desk bell, and he hits it like a bunch of times. And there's, you never find huh. out why. <laughs> Maybe like a order up kind of situation Maybe. like he has to go make the love potion oh. for this I'm not sure. So, back at the bachelor pad, yeah, Edward is working on a screenplay, and on the It's a Wonderful Life poster behind him, the face of the actress whose name I cannot remember for the life of me, my apologies to that actress, it's been a long time since I've watched It's a Wonderful Life, but it changes to Miranda's face. Mmm. Yeah. Edward is so inspired after meeting Miranda and finding out her name that he changes the character's name from Luis to Miranda. It gets even worse, worse. Worsity, worse, worse, worse. Feeling bold, Edward goes to the apartment. Miranda opens the door and thinks that he's a delivery person and just invites him on in so she can sign. And then there's this line. And this is what I want you to star in. Yeah. So Miranda is on the phone with some other dude named Alex. And she says, I will scream if you mention Bimbo Beach 2. And goddamn, I need you to be in that movie. Uh, I would want to be in that movie. Perfection. Yeah. You even said you cut your shirt a little too I much. Did. I did. Like, I keep on Partially why I have this uh, camera up so I can make sure that my left boob doesn't just fall out of this. That's a party boob. I mean, but, you know. <laughs> um, that's right, campers. I put on a bra for you. It's true. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's a real sweet gal. She is just uh, just a delight. Uh, I can totally see what Edward sees in her. So she notices Ed is just lurking around her apartment, and she flips out. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. She kicks him out, and he's standing out there in shock, and then she comes out and apologizes. Yeah, so one of the things that Edward found out when he was snooping around is that they're both from Indiana. Mm-hmm. So Edward is a Midwest creep. I'm so sorry, but we do not want him back. You can stay in LA, sir, wherever you are. Hollywood, right. whatever. Yeah, I'm assuming LA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she goes 
goes out to apologize because she's so stressed and is screaming at everybody and invites him over later that night for drinks. And he's, of course, excited. And as you mentioned earlier, that poster changes and it changed again. And Mm -hmm. it's more and more him and Miranda happening. No, barf, 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 barf. (laughs) Cringe. Gross, gross, gross. Go go ahead and make the sound. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Had to get that in my system. Thank Um, you. (laughs) So he gets all dolled up, puts on a snappy blazer, and he heads over to Miranda with some flowers. It's so nice. Yeah, the flowers that he was envisioning when he was writing his screenplay that he brought home to his imaginary wife. But she doesn't answer. No, and he stands out there for a while, all while the apartment manager is watching from his little video thing, Mm -hmm. and they don't show it, but I guarantee that man is jacking off. Yeah, and he's like, wheeze laughing, because he's a really, you find out that every time you catch a glimpse of him, he's chain smoking. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, like, but laughing? I don't know, it's hard, I can't do it. If the wind, if we had the windows open and the wind blew, because my allergies are terrible right now, you Mm -hmm. totally, I could totally do it spot on. Can you imagine if we did open the windows and it's so windy and everything just falls. <laughs> That'd be terrible. I'd cry. Same. Still waiting, the elevator door opens to Miranda and some dude, I guess that's Alex. Well, it's it's a dude. It's a guy. Handsome guy. It's, he's cute. I think the name is Larry. Larry. How? I mean, you know what, Miranda? I'm not, I'm not shaming you. I'm just trying to get the knowledge of who was in your life. It's a lot. It's a lot. She's a young gal in L.A. Well, girlfriend's got to do what girlfriend's got to do. Do it up. So she sees Ed standing there, and she's obviously already forgotten all about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad one bit at this point. <laughs> she notices that he's got these flowers, and she compliments him about them and asks if he has a midnight rendezvous before she grabs the other man's tie, and they go inside. And dejected, Ed throws the flowers down and runs off to pout. The creepy, creepy landlord slash property manager slash not really sure what he is, is watching because let's just be clear, he is always watching. And he says to himself, see you soon, kid. See you real soon. Gross. Yeah, because he's got that that gri- that grimy mar- like oh, marble voice. I might be able to do this. Yeah. See you soon, kid. See you real soon. There you go. Uh- <laughs> So we go cut to another day. Could be one day, could be a week. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And Miranda gets in the elevator with Ed. And she suddenly remembers him. Hey, Edward, Indiana. Which kind of made me want to go listen to the Music Man soundtrack, but then I refused. I didn't want to go down that dark, dark rabbit hole of the Music Man. To make up for forgetting about him, invites him in for a drink, and he... St- takes that opportunity to gush to her but how perfect she is for his screenplay and how it's going to make them both so famous. And she goes, oh, you want to go out with me? And he's like, oh, yup. Just like Goofy. Mm-hmm. And she says, no. But she was really polite about it. She was. She, she you know, explained the situation and told him her boundaries. Mm-hmm. But Edward's out there. If they say no, they mean fucking no. Leave them alone. Go fuck away, Edward. Whatever Ed does in this, just do the opposite. And that goes for like both genders, because regardless of your gender or not gender, everyone has capability to accidentally be creepy. So whatever he does in this, just be like, you know what I'm going to do with somebody like the opposite of this? Yes. 
do the complete opposite things that Edward is doing here. Yes. So she tells him to see himself out and she takes a call from Alex and they start talking about full frontal nudity. Apparently she has never said no to it, (laughs) which I'm like, I mean, own it, girl. Do it. And without looking around, I mean, you didn't hear the door close, not victim blaming, but she didn't hear the door close. She didn't check to make sure he left. She starts to unzip her dress. Mm -hmm. So while Miranda is on the phone, Edward starts this daydream fantasy thing and is envisioning his screenplay in front of him. And unfortunately, his daydream is happening in real life because he wraps his arms around her waist and is being so fucking gross. And Miranda screams at him, kicking him out out again and says, you dipshit little Midwest weasel, which will be my newest insult. Yes. And she punches him in the face, rightfully so. I cannot imagine thinking I'm alone in my house and I'm getting undressed and suddenly I feel arms wrapped around me. Nope. No, no, that is like my worst nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, she, in fact, she should have probably beat the shit out of him more. I would have supported that. Yes. Um, Well, Edward realizes that he has to go pay rent and goes to the apartment manager's place with an envelope and notices that the door is unlocked. And because this man does not understand boundaries, he goes inside because you know what? Yeah, and much like every white person in a horror film, when the door closes behind him, he doesn't think anything of it and keeps going into this super dark and creepy apartment. Which is really huge, by the way. Yeah. Although I guess, like, the superintendent, property manager, landlord apartment, I guess usually is, but still. So he starts exploring the apartment, and it straight up looks like something out of a haunted attraction. Uh, First of all, there's, like, a, a, there's something, like, a room that's, like, boarded up. Then there are two walls of old... Hollywood starlet headshots next to a curtain. And then the curtain mysteriously opens all on its own. Hmm. Magic. Yeah, to reveal the creepy landlord dude and his monitor room. So creepy landlord dude starts spouting off stuff that sounds like it was copy and pasted straight from an incel subreddit and offers to help out Ed. The manager says... And I do apologize, campers, real quick, because, yeah, this episode has some some feelings involved. He says, women, you can't live with them, but you can't cut them up into tiny pieces and tell them well wishes in Palm Springs either. No! Sir? What in the Ted Bundy fuck? Go to fucking therapy. <laughs> oh my god, no, no, no. And for some reason, instead of running out the door like a normal person, Ed continues to humor him. Yeah, this is totally normal. Yeah, and Ed says, well, he's been waiting on Miranda his whole life. No. Yeah. No, my skin is crawling. So... Edward comments about that wall of the ladies' photographs and says, oh, you must be a real ladies' man. And the manager says that he's never met any of them. Okay, I guess. You know, you can be a fanboy and from afar and be not creepy or terrifying. Mm-hmm. The manager offers him some assistance. The assistance he's offering is a little red vial. A little red vial? A, a little, little red, red vial. vial. <laughs> Coming soon to a very yeah. near you. And Ed's like, oh, no, I don't do drugs. And Creep is like, yeah, it's not for you. And he gives it to Ed. And Ed takes it. Uh-huh. And then we cut to him showing up at Miranda's place. Yeah. It's not unsettling at all. No. No, 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 no. I told, I warned you guys. Mm-hmm. It, it gets dark. This episode is a doozy. Yeah. So Ed is at her door. He pulls the nice guy card. Just 
one drink. And she agrees to let him in just so he'll, uh, for one drink, and then he has to go away. You know, love potions. You know them. I know them. Yeah. Campers know them. Everybody knows them. And how they're, they never, they just never work. Okay. So, but you know what's probably one of the worst things you can do with him? Pour the entire fucking bottle into one drink. And everybody does that. They always do that for some reason. You know, and I will say there was a part of me that was almost kind of relieved that it was a love potion because I was like, I swear if this is like Rohypno, like I am just shutting stuff off and be like, campers, I just stopped watching. So keep guessing Laura's going to be the episode because I'm not. I mean, honestly, it might as well have been though. Yeah, it's basically mystical that. Yeah. Yeah, so Miranda is annoyed that he's still there, and she basically chugs her drink just so he'll leave and says, let's pretend you drank his, and he can leave, saying that she's going to call 911, and it's a whole thing because he won't get the fuck out of her apartment, which is all valid. Girl, I support you. Oh, and he said the most red flag, incel, but I'm a nice guy thing. Miranda, if you just got to know me, here's the deal, and I'm looking straight into the camera for this. If we don't show an interest in getting to know you, we don't want to get to know you. We don't care to get to know you. Go away. Get the fuck out. Don't be an Ed. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Uh, so Edward is staring at her while she's on the phone with the operator and then suddenly hangs up because the magic is taking effect and instead of trying to kick him out, she starts to jump his bones. No! Yep. It was just nonstop barfing on my end. I just wrote, they proceed to have non-consensual sex because I don't want to say the actual word. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no, no, it's very uncomfortable and upsetting. So the next day, she asks to read his script and... He says no, because writers are like that. Like, no, you can't read it until it's done. <laughs> and she declares very intensely, because uh, this is what happens with love potions. She says, oh, they're not finished. Uh, and Edward says, we've been at it all night. It's time to get up. And she says, yes, it is, Edward. I think that was my favorite line in the sense of, I don't love how we got there, but it is very funny. Karma is hitting him hard, and that is the only upside to what's happening right now. Later, he's desperately trying to write, but she will not leave him alone. She finally does. But then she walks back in dressed as the character that used to be Louise, Mm -hmm. you know, the housewife. And we see him in bed looking... Not happy. Not a happy day. Dark circles under his eyes. The man is pale, looking kind of gaunt. And he declares himself to be all fucked out. But she is not. She will never be all fucked out. It was very, very uncomfortable. Uh, at some point, she also calls him a capital G genius. Mm-hmm. And that was smooth. And yeah, he's definitely at a breaking point And it sucks. She says she's going to drain him dry. Oh, no, thank you, ma'am. Ooh, if, if, if someone says that to you, you should be frightened. Uh-huh. <laughs> she does not care if he wants it or not. And so I have like a kind of a... Uh, kind of a paradox here. So I was like, I wrote, she then essays him. But can she really essay him? Well, technically, she's the one being essayed. Huh. Question from the century. But it gets kind of uh, violent and loud because um, he does not want it anymore. I'm and just thinking about what you said now. Yeah. This is 
This is this is the thought that you have when you're constipated on the toilet. <laughs> yep, this yep. is a poop thought. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I just wrote in all caps, really sucks when someone only sees you as a sexual object without independent thought or feelings, doesn't it, Ed? So Ed tries to leave and she's like, I'll come with you. He's like, no, stay here. So he throws her onto the bed and she is super on board for this treatment and says, oh, you could never hurt me. I hate this. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, a thousand showers after this episode. Ed runs to the creep's place. But and- the other creep. <laughs> yeah, the other creep. <laughs> we should specify. The creepy landlord, apartment manager, whatever. And we see Miranda's headshot has been added to the wall. And Ed begs for a cure. <laughs> but there is no antidote to this. No, there's not. And then Edward finally realizes something about those women on the wall, that they're all dead. And the manager says, the men... Oh, wait, hold on. <clears throat> the men wanted love, and I had the power to give it to them. Then they wanted death. That's great. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And death is the only way out, apparently. Ed refuses at first, and then... The creep turns on the speaker, and we find out that Miranda is outside the apartment. I don't remember. Did she put real clothes on, or is she just in her lingerie still in the I, middle of this hallway situation? You could, I could really mostly only see her face because she was, like, up in the camera as Good much point. as possible. Yeah. So the creep gives Ed now a green vial. A little green, green vial? A little, a little green, green vial. vial. Which Ed takes back, and he slips it into her glass because she got them some champagne. I, Heavy on the pain. <laughs> Yeah, heavy on the pine. She insists, you know, he goes back to writing and she's going to take care of this. And one of the glasses is a little dirty. I mean, he's a lone bachelor. Yeah, so... Yeah. So she feels that uh, she should take the dirty glass. So she switches the glasses. <laughs> and we circle back to the same toast they made earlier with cheers to persistence and getting what you want. And Edward accidentally drinks the spike drink and dies. Immediately. That poison works fast. Yeah. Yes. And he's transported into what looks like heaven. Yeah, he's got these white robes on and I do not agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's other people with white robes and they're walking on clouds, but then, oh, but then he hears a familiar voice. Somebody is calling for him, and it's Miranda. And she says, when you died, I was so upset, I threw myself out the window. And her face is just a little bit banged up. Yep. But now they're together forever. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. Edward could have it worse. He could have ended up with a skeleton situation like Logan and Marguerite in season two's True. episode Till Truthfully. Death. I, but it didn't. And the episode, I mean, you know, in this part of the episode ends with the beautiful sounds of Edward's agonizing screams. My favorite. I just hate that, you know, a woman had to die for, you know, his karma to, you know, come Again. full circle. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I think this is a work of fiction, so I guess we'll take it. It was the 90s. I guess we have to accept the 90s. This was the this was the 90s. Like, this this is feminism, right? And you're like, you tried. Um, <laughs> there was I, effort there, I guess. Yeah. If I could give you a zero, I would. I'll, I'll give you a one for, <laughs> I guess, showing up. Let me go back to the crypt. Uh, Camp Castle Lauren is in her feelings about what's going on. <laughs> because uh, the crypt keeper has a guest in his bedroom. Why would you betray me, my love? Uh, beautiful skeleton 
naked woman in bed with him. Yes. And he's smoking, yeah. talking about how Edward ended up in holy deadlock. And then he's making it very clear that, yes, he just banged the crap out of this sexy skeleton. They boned. They boned. Yeah, sorry. I, I, oh, look, I missed that opportunity. And the skeleton's head falls off. And he says, talk about head over heels. <laughs> That's Hello. one way to give somebody head. Hey. Attention campers! Join the camp counselors of Camp Creep on Saturday, April 30th at 6 p.m. at the Castle in Rochester, Minnesota for a very special event. It's the ultimate sleepaway camp viewing party featuring original cast members Felissa and Catherine. The experience will include a viewing of sleepaway camp, a Q&A with Felissa and Catherine hosted by Camp Creep, a professional in-person costumed photo op, And both Felissa and Catherine will be signing autographs and taking photos at their table. Tickets start at just $20 and are available through eventbrite.com. And as always, campers, creep it real. And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Who's That Cool? See, now campers at home can see the little dance that I do every time I sing it. So, this episode was directed by Tom Minkowitz. Shocked no one, this episode was directed by a man. Who also co-wrote the screenplay. Again, not a shock to anyone. (laughs) So, he is most well-known as the writer for several Bond films. Again, are we surprised? Mm -hmm. No. But films like Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever, and The Man with the Golden Gun. Tom died on July 31st, 2010, at the age of 68. Then we have Edward. Dear creepy gross Edward. I hope he himself as a man is not creepy because he was really good at creepy. I know! He did play, he does play Schmarmy well because he is Andrew McCarthy, an 80s heartthrob. Ooh. Many millennials. If, uh, we'll remember Andrew McCarthy from some films I'm going to mention in a minute. But I want to point out, Andrew studied acting at New York University and later at Circle in Square Theater School. He started acting in 1983, but he had his big break in 1985's St. Elmo's Fire, a very, very famous 80s film that I have not seen. Same. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I think it was just a little too mature for me in the 80s because I was very little. He then went on to star in such 80s classics as Pretty in Pink. I have seen Mannequin. I love Mannequin. Is Mannequin the one with the chick from Sex and the City? Yes. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, I know that trial. one! Yes. And Hollywood. He was also in Weekend at Bernie's 1 and 2. Very influential films for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You got some sunglasses around here. Something. Right? I fully support if my bo- as long as my body stays in decent condition. If anybody needs to borrow me to Weekend at Bernie's it, after I die. Good, because you already volunteered a few episodes ago to be extreme embalmed, remember? Oh, yeah! So this is fine! This is perfect! We'll call James. We'll, I'll take your body to yeah. Indiana. This is gonna work out. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. He has continued to work in film and television throughout the years. Most recently, he had a, the reoccurring role of Mr. Fitzpatrick on the show Good Girls, hmm. which I watched a couple episodes of. It was just a little, I don't know, I just didn't get into it, but that's your jam. But also, since the mid-2000s, he started a career as an award-winning travel writer. Oh! Yeah, that's a hard pivot. He has written for National Geographic Traveler, The Atlantic, The Wall Street Journal, Bon Appetit, The New York Times, Men's Journal, and Slate. Kudos to you, Andrew McCarthy, for staying busy, staying active. Keep on working. 
And then we have Miranda Singer. She's played by Mariel Hemingway. So Mariel Hemingway kicked off her film career in 1976 in a film called Lipstick. And yeah, never heard of it, but apparently she was nominated for a Golden Globe for that film. Ooh. Yes. And most notably, she starred in Superman 4, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, Bad Moon, werewolf film. Figured. Yep. The Sex Monster, which... I can't remember if I've seen, but I remember it from the video rental store because um, the cover is a man and a woman and they're looking up at like a woman's legs and it had the word sex on it. So I was always like, hee scandalous movie. <laughs> I may at some point have finally like rented it, but I cannot remember. That's fine. Um, yes. And Rise of the Zombies, which I want to see now. Was it? Okay. So with the movie title you said a second ago mm-hmm. and Rise of the Zombies, mm-hmm. are we sure it's not porn? <laughs> This is a slightly legitimate question. Not porn. Okay. Not porn. Although I think she, I think the joke in there about how she's never said no to full frontal, I think that is a little like kind of insider like nudge nudge because I think she did uh, do a lot of nudity. She actually um, was up for the lead role in Basic Instinct, but lost out oh. to Sharon Stone. Yes. Um, she had a lot of like near misses in films. Also, she is credited as the first actress to appear fully nude in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Fully nude? Yeah. Because I was like, there's, there were boobs, so I'm not sure. I... There were boobs in the first in the very first episode, and she wasn't in it. So I'm just curious what they meant by fully nude. Yeah, fully nude. So unless mm-hmm. she comes back for... I guess this might be a spoiler for you and also mm-hmm. the campers that don't know Tales from the Crypt, but there is an episode where there's like a beauty pageant thing, and and, I mean, there's a dead body at the end, and I guess that's yeah, naked, so I wonder if she Yeah, this is the only episode that. she's credited as, so oh. I don't know. That could be, like, a mislabeled, you know. I mean, she had a lot of lingerie. Right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, she was, like, wearing lingerie. I don't get it. I don't know. Anywho, then we go on to Mr. Stronham, which was the name of the creepy landlord slash apartment manager slash superintendent. Who knows? Wizard. <laughs> right? And he was played by... David Hemmings. So this man had a massive, massive list of credits. Very famous British actor. But also, he was the son of a cookie merchant. A cookie merchant? A cookie merchant. I don't know what a cookie merchant is, but I I, I want to be one. Like that's I put we're creating vision boards after that. I'm this, just gonna write cookie merchant. This is so relevant to my project that I will tell you about later. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, so he made his film debut in 1954 in the film The Rainbow Jacket. And then some notable credits. He went on to play Dildano in Barbarella, Jerry Nelson in The Love Machine, Marcus in Deep Red, a horror classic. And he was Cassius in Gladiator. You know, the one with Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix? Movie Gladiator? Come on, go oh catch me. It's old sometimes. I mean, I know it, but okay. I've, I've definitely never seen oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you didn't watch it, then it kind of missed its moment. It's fine. It's it's not a must watch. Then he also played Mr. Shermerhorn in Gangs of New York, a movie that I got about a quarter of the way through before Cameron Diaz's acting just, I was like, I can't do this. Oh, no. Sorry, Cameron Diaz. I just don't, I don't, mm, no, I don't buy you in this role. Okay. Yes. And he was Nigel in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. Yes. He passed away on December 3rd, 2003 at the age of 62. Hmm. But then there's one more. Ooh. We have our little 
snoopy neighbor. She had she was in the one scene where she talked to Edward, and there is also a moment where for like 30 seconds where um Edward is screaming in agony as Miranda is boning, 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 yeah, boning, yeah, boning, yeah, boning, 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 she is the daughter of a pair of vaudevillian performers. What? And she made her vaudeville stage debut at the age of two when she joined her parents' act. Oh, that's so cute. What was it? Did it say? I, no, it did not God say, but I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, that's so precious. Yes. So obviously she started performing from a very early age, came from a family of performers, so she started her film career in 1948. Damn. I, you know, I say it a lot that I could start a podcast about some of these people's just reading through all of their roles. It was like scrolling, scrolling. So Kathleen had some roles in some film and TV shows that you may have heard of. She was in 1963's The Nutty Professor, which would be the original, not the Eddie Murphy one. Ooh. But later we come back to that. She had a recurring role in The Donna Reed Show, on The Lucy Show, on the Beverly Hillbillies, on Hogan's Heroes, Growing Pains. She had a role in the Blues Brothers, the original one, and then came back for Blues Brothers 2000. Hmm. She also had a role in the Nutty Professor remake sequel, The Clumps. So the Nutty Professor, I think it's the Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, which I thought was kind of cool since she was in the original, kind of a cool callback. Yeah. But also, again, this woman has never stopped working. She did voiceover work on cartoons such as The Snorks, DuckTales. DuckTales! And I know you'll like this one because I remember you uh, recognized somebody for their voice from this cartoon. She was the voice of Mrs. Gordon in As Told by Ginger. Yeah! Yes! And then a few, like, ones that were most, like, (gasps) for me and hopefully for you. Uh Uh-huh. She was in Gremlins 2 as Microwave Marge. (laughs) If you're a Gremlins 2 fan, she's the cooking show host who, like, uh, her show gets interrupted by the Gremlins. She played Miss Olin in Hocus Pocus. She's the teacher in the beginning, the one that's telling the kids about about the the legend. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Um, And she played Peg Bundy's mom in Married with Children, which was a reoccurring role. Seriously. She has just never, like, never stopped working. Which means she was also on the same show that, I don't remember her name, but the Crying Out Loud episode. Yeah, uh, Katie Skull. Yes. Yes, yes. she played Katie Skull's mom. Yes. Excellent. Yes. And I think she was also, like, I, she, she was in so many movies and TV shows, I had a hell of a time narrowing it down. But you know what? Snaps for Kathleen. There we go. So, and that is this week's Who's That Ghoul? Well, Camp Counselor Tish. Yes, Camp Counselor Lauren. Did you like this episode? I... (laughs) (laughs) That is your answer and I support you. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it one severed thumb down. I see what they were going for, but... Yeah. And, you know, maybe I would have felt differently if I if this were the 90s and I'd watched it. I've been like, this is so progressive. <laughs> um, but this is 2022. And um, no, the themes don't hold up. I do appreciate, you know, him getting his just desserts in the end. That was nice, which is why I took away a severed thumb down. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing just made me feel icky and gross and uncomfortable. And yeah, I just wanted to, I was like, I went, is this over? <laughs> I <don't laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Stop. 
Yeah. And I, and I love, I love Andrew McCarthy. So yeah, it was really, sometimes this Tales from the Crypt just ruins some of my childhood crushes. That's fine. But Camp Counselor Lauren, what did you think about this episode? So I completely agree with you on all accounts of ickiness, mm-hmm. which is also why I'm going to go ahead and give it two severed thumbs up because okay. it was very unsettling. It was very gross. It was very creepy. Gross, 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 gross. But it was also terrifying watching it as a female. So yes. for horror reasons, y'all did great. It was just real gross. I don't think they intended it to be as scary as it actually was. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's the thing about horror is everybody has their line of like, I like I have certain kinds of horror. I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, I don't, we don't, we don't know her. <laughs> and we don't know her. See that toxic person? Walk the other way. That toxic person? Walk the other way. Yes. God damn it. TikTok, sometimes you're so I catchy. Know. Yeah. And that, yeah. Like, it's why I own The Last House on the Left, but I have not been able to bring myself to watch it because I'm afraid of what it will do to me. I did recently watch I Spit on Your Grave just because I was like, okay, it sucks at the beginning, but mm-hmm. then she does get revenge. Yeah. And like, I noticed that all of my feel-good movies mm-hmm. are revenge. Mm-hmm. So I love May. That's my favorite oh, horror I love movie. May. American yeah. Mary. She gets some badass yes. revenge. Yes. And then Legally Blonde. That's a great revenge film. Revenge! Yes. And I will say, American Mary does have essay, but I think the way it was handled, it's very clearly handled from a, filmed from a female perspective. Yes. They understand we don't need to see, we don't, we don't need to see all of the details to understand what's happening. And then the same duo that did American Mary also did the ABCs of death Mm -hmm. and they had T. Mm-hmm. I will not tell you what it stands for in this case because it's it, not great times. Yes, yes. And they're, they're, I like the movie. They're, the gals are problematic, which is fine. I'm not going to get it. When, yeah, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm which not going to get it. It still bums me out. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, we were rooting for him. To, it's so tempting to go all Tyra Banks. We were <laughs> rooting for you. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So that, oh, oh, I did have an extra note. Oh, God. I said, every budding incel should be shown this episode. And, and then it, we wait. Yes. Um, <laughs> and frankly, if you're trying to screen, like, trying to vet somebody, like, of, are, is this person okay? I don't know. Have them watch this episode and how they react and if they think ever, they're like, yeah, I don't get it. Like, or they think everything Edward does is okay. Run. Run the Run other way. like the wind. And if they're as skeeved out as you are and genuinely seem it, like, they're they're okay. You can keep them around, so. Yeah. Alrighty campers, thank you for listening to Camp Creep Podcast. Did you know that Camp Creep Podcast is a part of the Joy Road Media Network? Joy Road Media includes other great podcasts such as You Made Me Watch, Truthcast, Bert Selleck Podcast, and coming soon to a podcast thingamabob near you, Great Lakes Celebrates. And by coming soon, I mean they're going to appear on April 1st. Woo! 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 All right. And if you want to support the show... You can follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please leave us a review. You can find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Camp Creep Podcast, and on Twitter at Camp Creep Pod. And you can always shoot us an email at campcreeppodcast at gmail.com. Please send us an email so that when I go to our emails multiple times a week, I have something fun to look at and right. not just old advertisement stuff. Right. Please. please. <laughs> 
or you can also call us at the Camp Creep line at 661-527-3370. All right, campers, it's been real and it's been fun, but this episode is done. Woo! Woo! And- 